It has been two years and six months since I last treated a patient. I'm here today with Trevor Hopkins, a physical therapist. Thanks for joining me today, Trevor. Hey, Adam. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Before we get started, I just wanted to let you know that I don't edit my podcasts. It's kind of a violation of one of the major podcast rules, but real life is unedited and messy. And I think that fits the way I feel about the subject of this podcast. Don't worry if there's unexpected noises or studying. I've done plenty of that myself. Sounds good. And you know me well enough to know that there's going to be a lot of profanities in this. No, I'm just kidding. It's totally allowed. It's, I've done a lot of that too. <laughs> so for starters, I'd love to hear about your background in physical therapy, your education, your practice evolution, things like that. I love stories and I know my listeners do too. So we want to hear your journey in, in physical therapy more than a checklist of things that you did. Yeah, sounds good. You know, I guess starting from the beginning, I was always that kid that when we went into the store, the you know, your parents are saying, okay, you can look, but you can't touch anything. And I don't know, somewhere probably around three or four, they quit saying that to me because I was always, I guess the word is kinesthetic learning. I, I was always reaching for things, taking things apart, putting things back together. Typical kid that liked Legos and everything else, but it was sort of more than that. And you know me as uh, your coworker with the Rubik's cube on his desk as well. <laughs> yeah, so absolutely. it never really ended. And I think there was just a part of my brain that really liked the puzzle part and the taking things apart, putting it back together. And so that part was always true, but I didn't really know where that was going to go. You can obviously go in a lot of different directions with something like that. And I knew going into college, I wanted to have something in mind. And I was always jealous of classmates that I'm sure you had as well that had some story about an injury they had when they were in high school and they never thought they were going to play whatever basketball again. And they went to a physical therapist and, and the physical therapist just changed their lives and put them back, you know, into top shape. That I never had you. that story. Yeah. <laughs> I never had that story. Um, but I knew we needed a lot of hours to, to get the volunteer that we needed for applications and, and just kind of getting my feet wet as far as what PT was all about. And the more I, delved into that, the more I decided it was something that I really enjoyed. And I never did the, I ended up in an orthopedic setting and that's where you and I were working together. But my volunteer hours were never that way. I was actually a little bit more on the neuro side, which I know is where, um, you know, your interest lies, of course. Yeah, definitely. But I work with some clients that had brain injuries and cerebral palsy, just a young guy that was getting through college and so I really enjoyed just that part of it. Um, and then after physical therapy school and, and going through the rotations prior to that, I decided I think at some point I want to be in a place where I can get somebody all the way back to feeling better. And uh, the orthopedic setting is where I ended up for that. Was it orthopedics because you felt like that was where you could do the the best good for that that perspective you just shared? Or was it more interest in orthopedics independent of what it was that you could offer patients? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you know, the biggest thing was just knowing that by the time they made it to my office in orthopedic setting, you know, that's where the buck stopped. Um, I think working in some of our rotations prior to graduation, where maybe you're in a acute setting, I, I worked in a cancer research hospital as okay. one of the places I that, that I, I worked in. Yeah. And I actually enjoyed that more than I thought I would have. Um, I was afraid it was going to be depressing. 
Um, in fact, one of the things I remember thinking going into that, and the very first thought of uh, doing that rotation was, gosh, what if this really bothers me? You know, what if I just can't stop thinking about this? What if I can't um, fall asleep at night, you know, thinking about what I'm seeing here? And then pretty much immediately right after that, my next thought was, well, what if it doesn't, you know, <laughs> you want to have a certain amount of this, this impacting you and juggling those two things was maybe just more than I wanted to feel like I, I had to do on a daily basis. And, and, and once you're in that setting and physical therapists are very important in that setting. Um, but on the other hand, when it comes to, you know, the chemotherapy and, and the doctors that are coming in and out of the room constantly having somebody come in to walk you around the hall, very, very important, but maybe not the what's top of mind for the person sometimes. And I think it was very, very uh, therapeutic, both physically and even emotionally for people to get up and move sometimes. But I just wanted to be in a situation where by the time they walked into my office, it was me and them and that was in their goals. And that's where we were trying to get to together. And, and um, that was the most important piece. So that's where I ended up in orthopedics. That makes sense. But I want to go back for a minute. <laughs> so I, the time I, the time that I spent in, in an oncology unit was all of a week, maybe as part of a rotation. So I, I, I kind of know what, what you're talking about and I'm sure other physical therapists do too, but I've got a fair amount of listeners who aren't healthcare providers, and it may be somewhat surprising to think of this context of, wait, there's PT for cancer. Can you explain that a little bit more to somebody who's not a healthcare provider? Yeah. I mean, the, the importance of getting up and moving and, and blood flow, you know, I, I mentioned even the, the emotional part of, of, of movement, um, but also how important it is just to, to maintain motion you know, we're talking about avoiding things like bed sores. Um, we're talking about, you know, just circulation to throughout the body. Um, it, it, mobility and motility of, of bowels and everything else. It, the movements um, that you're getting out of physical therapy, even in that setting, is crucial to just them being able to function throughout this process. I mean, I, I almost thought of us more as kind of pit workers in a... Um, in a race or something like that. You know, the main focus of course is getting around the track, but there's going to be a, a point where they need to stop and you need to kind of help them and work on them and get them ready to, for their next battle essentially. Um, and it is incredibly important um, to the, to their journey through that. Absolutely. So you've been in orthopedics now for over a decade. Yeah. I think we're, we're yeah, both yeah. at that, that territory. Yeah. Um, is that where you see yourself continuing? What's, what's the path going forwards? Yeah, good question. Um, you know, I, I could do what I'm doing forever emotionally. Um, I think the things that makes me make me think beyond a little bit are beyond me, you know, things like my family and then just knowing, I guess what we know about the human body that at some point um, waking up and you know, moving, treating people all day long, 40 hours a week does take its toll on you. Um, I've moved into a little bit more of a managerial role in a couple of different positions that I've had. And I'm currently doing one like that as well. And so that helps, you know, offload a little bit of that physical piece. Um, and I think I would like to continue to see myself doing a little bit more of things like that. Um, I'm working on a personal website for a couple of other kind of offshoots of things that I'm interested in and, and my 
you know, work that in. I, I took a um, ergonomics certification recently, and I'm about 70% through a nutrition certification as well as ways to maybe just kind of, these are questions that, you know, you get throughout the course of any orthopedic treatment of like, well, what should I be eating? Or you check me out <laughs> on my desk. Is my posture wrong? You know, things like yeah, that where you're absolutely. like, well, yeah, but there's so much more to it than that. Um, <laughs> And especially during the pandemic, you know, um, I don't know how much people know if they're not physical therapists themselves of your listeners, but gosh, I mean, when everything shut down for a profession like us, which the word physical is in the name, I was maybe a bit more concerned or freaked out about what was going to happen next than, sure. than maybe the next person. Were you treating at that time? I was. Uh, so I wrapped up in the summer of the big swing of COVID in that first year. So 2020 was when I left, left practice. Okay. So you were doing some telehealth for a little while, I imagine. Um, <laughs> I, I can count on one hand how many telehealth visits I had. Okay. All right. Our, our, our clinic was very much the, uh, not quite set up for that. Uh, also not also clear how to do it. And we had a bunch of people that were like, yeah, I'm still willing to come in. I'll wear a mask. You wear a mask. We're good. And that was kind of, how we did it. Got it. Got it. Well, we were you know, always hybrid as well, but there was a peak portion here. And, and I guess for context, I should mention I'm living in San Francisco where both technology and, you know, I, I suppose um, the, the political climate seems to align more with people that want to really protect themselves from that. And um, so I was seeing a lot more people maybe um, via telehealth than somebody in Nebraska or something like sure. that. Sure. And um, and yeah, that's that's came up a lot uh, in terms of ergonomics and, and people working from home instead of coming to the office. Now they're on their couch with a laptop. And I was given a lot of advice. And certainly we have the ability to do that as physical therapists. But I just decided that was a perfect time to you know, get a little bit more credentials behind what I was telling people and, and learn a little more myself um, about how to really help somebody set themselves up in a situation like that. I love it. Expanding, expanding on the horizons. Trying so to. There's one, yeah, yeah. there's one question that I want to ask everyone that I interview. This one's important to me. The, the purpose of the podcast is supposed to be a combination of storytelling and teaching, right? Uh, most importantly, it's about passion, right? I feel like the best stories and the best education comes from that place of passion. I know when I was still in clinical practice, there were so many situations where I had information that not enough people knew because I kept getting the same questions and kept telling the same things to people. And I just, I just needed to get it out. I imagine you've probably been in the same boat too in the past. This is your chance to share something you're passionate about. What do you want others to know based on your time in physical therapy? You know, after having done this for, like you said, more than 10 years, I'm just going to leave it at that instead of unpacking the exact number. Um, <laughs> I think the thing that I've come to be most passionate about is back to kind of the Rubik's cube and trying to figure things out. I think, I think what really interested me prior to what I know now um, was the diagnoses and trying to figure out the problem and kind of go, okay, well, biomechanically, I can answer every question. You know, if, if as long as I have the information, I'm going to have, I'm going to equip myself with the knowledge and the tools to, to do that. Um, and I guess I came to figure out that it's not quite like a Rubik's cube. And maybe at first that was a little bit scary because I wanted to have all the answers. And in some ways it's kind of like um, my mind, you know, this will 
show you where my mind is here lately. Um, it's kind of like parenting, parenting, where when you are a kid, you kind of figure, well, the adults know everything. And then you get to the point where it's like, oh my gosh, I'm one of the adults. And I <laughs> sure as hell don't know any, anything or oh, everything. Yeah. And there's, there's truth to that. I heard you talk about that in one of your episodes that you get to a point where it's like, I've been doing this for five years and I still don't know everything. <laughs> when am I going to know everything? And I think it, it, it you, you're, for me, and you can tell me if this was you too, it, it sort of ran a circle where I, I, I had these high aspirations and, and um, lofty thoughts of I'm going to know all the things to, oh my God, I know nothing. <laughs> and then sort of coming around to like, actually, this is kind of cool too, because the stuff that you don't know are the nuances of who the individual is, you know, what their goals are, what I can say to somebody that might actually motivate them that wouldn't have otherwise. Um, and so I guess the, the people to me are the Rubik's cubes more than the mm. diagnosis is. And that's the part that I find the most interesting. I, I feel like the hardest part is to give somebody the motivation and equip them with what they need to do when you're not around. Um, and I think, I think that's, what's kind of the most fun. You know, I've never thought of it from that concept of like a circle of knowing nothing coming up to knowing everything back to knowing nothing. Yeah. I can, I can a hundred percent remember my first day going, who the hell gave me a license? Right. I don't know what I'm doing at all. And here's a person in front of me. Oh God, what am I going to do? And then move forward in advancement in, in my practice and getting to a point where to borrow a, a phrase from what is it almost famous i'm a golden god <laughs> only to come right back around and realize oh no actually all these things you missed when you thought you knew it all yeah you you missed most of it and i know that now which then second guesses and now i know nothing again and I, it, it's it is kind of true it is a repeating circle i've never thought of it like that and and such is life i suppose but um there's something there's something that it eventually through much frustration prior to that is somewhat freeing. I think um, when you kind of get to the point where it's like, that's kind of okay. That's in fact, that might be kind of fun. Let's, let's see, let's see where we can go with this person. I love the analogy of the Rubik's cube to the patient. As well. <laughs> uh, I think it's true. And hopefully nobody takes insult to that. Yeah. I've said many more insulting things, I'm sure. But <laughs> I, I, I think I understand it though. Um, and I, I think many other people who work in, even whether it's healthcare or not, industry where it is largely not known, like the, the actual everything that we we truly know in healthcare is so small. Everything we know about the cosmos is so small. The concept of a Rubik's cube is actually a really great way to do it because it's like, yeah, there's there's many paths to get to the same conclusion. Sometimes it's no idea how I got there, but yep. hey, here we are. Yeah, I really like that. Thank you, Trevor. I greatly appreciate your time and willingness to share stories. I have a couple last quick questions. Uh, one, where can people reach you if they have questions about anything you shared today? Well, um, I'm if happy. Willing, of course. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm happy to, uh, you know, answer an email or, or anything that somebody wants to shoot out. I, I'm, I'll just give my, my professional one now. I, I work for a company called Agile Physical Therapy in San Francisco. And that's just Trevor at agilept.com. So that's a, that's a fine place to reach me. Um, 
I think that's probably the best right now. Like I said, I'm kind of putting a couple things together outside of that, but I'm I'm not quite I'm not quite at that place yet. So I think that's probably the fastest way to reach me right now. That's great. And and the the second question I have is one that normally I want to reserve for people to fill in what they want. It would be, is there anything you'd like to plug? I'm going to kind of do that for you. Trevor has an incredible podcast of his own called Album Divers that uh, if you're an audiophile at all, it is 100% worth listening to. How about you plug that, Trevor? Well, sure. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure everyone has an extra three hours to sit around and listen to two nerds talk about uh, music. So that's what it is. If, if you're uh, if you're interested in that, Album Divers, we, we alternate between a new album or, or one that was released this calendar year and then one that's been, you know, a classic or something that's been around a while. Sometimes get some guests on there, musicians, and that's just sort of my side passion is music. And I decided with another physical therapist, actually, uh, that if we were going to start a podcast, maybe we'll do something that's just takes a break from that part of our lives. And that's what we did. And I, I look, I'm going to say this, this obvious discussion, your podcast and my podcast, I am not an audiophile at all. The only thing I listen to is podcasts these days. There really isn't anything else that goes in my ears and I still thoroughly enjoy it. <laughs> it goes back to that. It's, it, it, it's this wonderful blend of deep dive on an album, but then also there's storytelling and then interviewing some of the actual musicians that, that have their stories with it too. And it's really easy to get lost in. It's, it's wonderful. I recommend it to everybody. Uh, outside of that, is there anything else you want to plug? Well, man, no, I, I think, I think between that and, and my work and, and, uh, on the precipice of having twins. Uh, that's, that's what's going on in my life right now, but um, I'll come back at you if I, if I get my other projects up and running at some point here. Yeah. Big congratulations on that. I know they're coming extremely fast on top of the other little guy you've got already. So that's right. nice full household for you. Congratulations. Right. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, I appreciate the chance getting to talk to you listeners. If you were a healthcare provider, of any kind and you're willing to be interviewed or if you have a question you would like to ask you can reach me at nerdhealth at gmail.com or on twitter at nerd for health that's nerd the number four health until next time i ask all of you to join me in taking a little time each day to try and learn something new or grow as a person in some way signing off for today